hello welcome back to another episode of are you with the wall i woke up with a gnarly sore throat so i'm really excited about that i'm not quite sure what's going on you want to know what i think it is i'm pretty sure anytime i do physical activity that pushes me like past my limits for example i a couple weeks ago did a um like a well technically i signed up for a hit yoga class now if you don't know what hit is it's h-i-i-t it's basically like a more intense version of something a little bit more movement so it would just be more of like an intense yoga class well I get there and it's not the instructor that I had signed up for and he's like oh so and so is out of town so I'll be your instructor today however I don't do yoga so this will be more like hit but I'll try to incorporate some yoga Uh, That man did not do any yoga. We did like one downward dog pose at the very end. And it was, I was doing fucking burpees. I was doing burpees. I don't, if there's one thing about me, it's that I don't do burpees. And I was doing burpees on a Wednesday evening. So, literally the next day, I felt sick. Not like oh, you know, my tummy hurts. No. Well, I was really sore. And honest to God, I might have like convinced myself I was sick, but I felt extremely sick because I was super, super achy and I was, I was weak. And originally I thought it was just because of the workout class, but I don't think that it was. And then, you know, I was taking medicine and then I felt better. So I I'm not quite sure what's going on because yesterday I went for a run, which I should do more often, but I don't. I, I was, you know, I exerted some force. There was some inertia going on there and I didn't go that hard, but like I, you know, I did, I, I pushed myself and now I have a fucking sore throat. So what better way to cure a sore throat than to talk for 50 minutes (laughs) so let's um let's unpack some things today shall we as you could tell from the title um we are kind of we're kind of doing like a a pros and cons today but i thought it'd be more fun to kind of format it in a kind of like a philosophical situation so um today we're discussing is the internet more harmful or helpful now this is quite the topic because I feel like there is a immense amount of research done on this that I did I've done a little bit I've also had my fair share of being on the internet I'm 22 going on 23 soon and which um so I have a good grasp 
on how the internet affects me individually, my friends and family, and just like society in general. And so I want to dive into it. I'm going to break it up into kind of pros and cons, but more like how the internet is helpful and then how it's harmful. And then we can kind of discuss a little bit on what we're feeling by the end of by the end of this list because it is really hard to kind of say if if one thing is one singular thing so it's hard to say like if something as massive as the internet is harmful or is helpful because from my list that I have in front of me it is a very extensive list so let's just get into it and then we can kind of discuss on on what we're feeling so this includes the actual internet, like Google and Bing, if you're fucking using Bing, I don't know, and social media platforms, like that thing. This doesn't really tap into technology per se, more like, you know, there's a difference in my head between technology and internet, because technology kind of goes into the technology that's used in hospitals that doesn't I don't think really necessarily use internet um, but I guess the internet could have been used to develop it or whatever but that's kind of a separate thing in my head so the first thing that I found the internet is helpful in regard to is um, it connects you with people from literally everywhere I could get in contact with someone who is exactly across the globe from me right now if I could figure it out and that's the beautiful thing is because you can figure out those things like those are things that are within your grasp and it's really cool because you get to see other people's cultures and you get to see um, how they live and now pre-internet you could learn about these things through books but there's something about being able to see the way someone lives in real time and be able to potentially contact them about it and talk to them about it and learn about it in real time is a completely different thing and I think it's cooler than just being able to read it in a book that might be dated 25 years or whatever because I think traditions and culture is an ever-growing thing and being able to experience that in real time is so much more helpful than if you were reading it from a book um like I said you could virtually meet people that live thousands of miles away from you we have zoom okay Zoom is the internet. You have to use your internet to use Zoom. And you could, like, there's panels that people will have that someone will be in, like, Oklahoma and someone else will be in Hong Kong. And they're, like, talking virtually in the same room. And it's, like, the coolest thing ever because you get to share such different views and perspectives on a variety of things. And it's all just in like you're in the same room but you're still in the comfort of your own home or your office or whatever I think that's the coolest thing ever 
and it gives people a different perspective than if we didn't have the internet and I mean I'll get into it later but it could also this point could also be considered harmful but I'll get into that later the internet is also essentially just a massive database um which can overall help society and people in general I think you know pre-internet there was databases which are formally known as like atlases and um science books basically um and they're helpful but the thing about the internet being helpful in regard to a database is that it's live people are constantly uploading shit people are constantly researching things and it can be so much more accessible than if we didn't have the internet and this kind of segues into my next point about getting information so quickly which can also be considered um kind of a con but again we'll get into it later um having this giant database can expand your knowledge and also other people's other people's knowledge who are doing the researching because I know in my time um of doing my own research on things while I was in school um I had to use other people's research to do my own research and to create hypotheses and things of that nature and so using other people's research for your own research and as primary and secondary data that helps further even more research so it's just like a never-ending spiral of more and more research and figuring out things and that is a essentially helpful thing especially in the scientific world I'd argue now there's also an extensive amount of resources for if you want to figure out what's wrong with you physically my tummy hurts and my left foot is numb I could google that and maybe get something well that could also be a little dangerous because you don't want to become a hypochondriac which is where you're just constantly self-diagnosing yourself but you know maybe more of a a less extreme example would be if what medicine to take whenever blank is doing blank like I never know I'm probably after this I'm going to google or text my mom what medicine to take when I have a sore throat because I never know if it's Motrin, aspirin, Tylenol, um, ibuprofen. I never fucking know. I never know. So, because apparently one works better than the other, but you could take both at the same time. But I also don't know if Motrin is the same thing as this and this is different than that. That's where the internet becomes extremely helpful for people like me who don't know what medicine is what. It's it's really great. You also have access to resources for finding like n- the nearest therapist office. 
if that's the route you want to go. If you're kind of looking into, you know, you've been mentally struggling for a little bit and you want to kind of check in. Or if you're not, if you have been doing well, but you just want someone to talk to, you could go to easily look up a therapist. And furthermore, the internet also provides reviews on things. Just like these simple little things that make a world of a difference. So you could have, you get reviews on, on doctors. You also can get reviews on products or fucking restaurants. You know, it's like this endless list of things that you have access to, which can also be extremely dangerous. Um, and you get to see what other people are thinking about it. And you get to take their perspectives on, like, say, you know, a rare beauty blush. You get to see what they're thinking about it. And you're like, you want to know what? Do I want to spend over $20 for a blush? Some people are saying it's worth it. Some people aren't. So I think that's a really cool thing. It's not like, you know, this massive thing, but it is, at the end of the day, helpful. Similarly, you get information. The internet helps you get information to a massive group of people very quickly. That's one of the first things I learned in my social media courses while I was in college is that social media is the best way to get information out to people. Now, once again, I'll discuss this later, but that can also be harmful. I think that having this access to this much information is in general helpful but we'll get into that later we'll get we'll 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 unpack that in a bit but for example getting a bunch of information out to people in a dire emergency for example um when we were at the peak of the pandemic or even in the beginning of the pandemic, and we needed to figure out what the hell was going on. We didn't know, like, we we heard all of these things, and there was, people were saying this, people were saying that, but we didn't know what our government was doing about this, what's going on with travel restrictions, this and this and this and this. And, you know, once we eventually figured out the next move on things, and as we progressed um, throughout the pandemic we were able to get this information so quickly, which arguably helped with the progression of getting everyone back to normalcy. Um, You know, letting people know, hey, this is, you know, in the morning you get a tweet or in the morning you open up your email and um, you see, oh, okay, so we, if you're vaccinated, you could you know, go out in public without a mask or just split second, you know, the moment you wake up, you could figure out this new information that is very crucial in this case that is being sent out to millions of people. And um, I think that's a extremely helpful thing, especially in that regard. Now, 
getting information across to a large amount of people quickly in other regards uh, can be definitely harmful. But we'll discuss that in a bit. Um, Having access to the internet and to social media is um, it allows for inspiration from other people and to bounce off others' ideas. I'd argue that it influences creativity, but it also can definitely make it kind of stagnant. But again, that's like a completely different discussion that I don't even want to get into right now. Just like creativity in the internet is just like a whole different thing that I just, I can't really think about that right now because this is, this is our focus, but you know, you could see what other people are doing and it kind of inspires trends and you're like, okay, I like this, but I want to maybe tweak this a little bit. And especially with like fashion or music, it's like you, you're like, okay, I like that idea, but I'm going to kind of maneuver it into my lifestyle and then I'm going to show it. And then someone else sees your idea and then they're like, okay, I like this, but I'm going to just tweak this part a little bit. And this can go for like anything it doesn't have to just go for fashion or for music it go for like a magnitude of things another thing my personal favorite about the internet is that you can learn anything on the internet like you can learn and teach yourself stuff so incredibly easy it's almost frightening how easy it is to learn things for example when I was about 10 or 11 years old I wanted to play the guitar because I wanted to be just like Taylor Swift I wanted to be a singer-songwriter a global superstar per se and let me tell you whenever I finally came to terms that that's just not gonna happen um it was oh Oh, God. That was, like, my first time sneezing on the podcast. Sorry, guys. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Um, it's just another little fucking fly in here. When isn't there a little fly in here? Um, as I was saying, it's detrimental to my mental health whenever I realize, you know, I'm not going to be a 10-time Grammy-winning artist. But... I've come to terms with it now. Anywho, um, I wanted to be like Taylor Swift. And I got a guitar um, because previously I was using my elementary school um, violin as a guitar. And one day I was at Target with my mom and I was on my knees begging, Mom, please, I need this, I need this guitar, please. And so that day I, bought my, I got my first guitar. So thank you, mother, because now I still play it. And um, what I'm trying to get at with this anecdote is that I taught myself how to play guitar just by going on YouTube. Uh, I took guitar lessons for a little bit. The man was really creepy. I was really young. He was at like the prime pedo age where it's like, He's like 39, 38, 
Um, I don't know if that's like prime pedo, but in my book it is. Because uh, they're not, you know, they're still young, so they can be trustworthy, but like they're getting a little old where they're like getting a little creepy. It's just like the that age. So this dude, like we would, it was a guitar lesson studio. There was multiple teachers, but like each teacher had their own little room and when I say little room I mean little room like this was a closet basically this was a walk-in closet and sometimes most of the time he would leave the door open sometimes he wouldn't and one day my mom was like you know I hope he doesn't you know close the door while you're in there and I was like why and she was like well does does he you know does he ever touch you and I'm like I'm like a little kid and I'm like fuck I want to get out of here I soon after quit because I got scared he was going to touch me. I don't think that he ever did, but I also have blocked out a large portion of my life. So I don't really know, but (laughs) I've gotten really sidetracked. I'm so sorry. Basically, quit that and I continued to learn on the internet guitar and it's one of my favorite things and I still continue to learn piano on YouTube and it's great, I think. And so... This little gnat, if it goes in my mouth, a war will ensue. I'm so serious. You can also learn languages and scientific theories. You know how many videos I've watched on Vsauce where I learn new shit? It's awesome. And it's for free. I get to watch it for free. I get to learn shit for free. (laughs) And you want to know what? I'd argue that... Half of the degrees that are offered in colleges can be learned through YouTube and maybe some some paid lessons that are 99% cheaper than college. Now you might be asking, why didn't you just do that then, Lily? Because society teaches you that if you don't go to college and get a degree, then you're probably going to be really unsuccessful. But that's another conversation. Actually, that's pretty good. Does college make you successful? You want to know what? <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Next. It creates a sense of community, especially for extremely niche groups. Uh, I don't know why, but the first group that comes to my mind is... <laughs> like, the My Little Pony uh, community. The Bronies, as they've coined the term, which are basically just grown men who love my little pony that's a thing i learned that from Brittany broski and sarah shower's old podcast so if you want to learn about that go ahead and uh give that a quick search look you can learn shit so easily um but it also kind of creates a community for non-niche groups for example um those who struggle with mental health it's such a there's so many people that struggle with their mental health that it's like not even niche thing because it's it's the internet has created it to be like it's basically normalized it because it used to be a taboo thing it does create a community and kind of normalizes it and also you know makes you feel like you're not alone basically Um, Even though the internet can sometimes be an extremely isolating experience, depending on how you're kind of using it. 
Um, and lastly, just a little random one that I thought of was um, that it kind of helps with regulating crime um, and mainly helping kind of the government with terroristic things. And this isn't that fun of a point, but I hate to end on it, but that's kind of uh, where I'm at. Um, it's security purposes, but then again, um, it's also kind of a con because, you know, you have your little FBI agent built into your phone, listening to you, watching you. So once again, half, almost all of those bullet points I just listed could arguably also be a con. And to segue into that, we're going to get into the cons now on how the internet is harmful. The first point I mentioned, it connects you with people from everywhere. Could be a con or it could be a pro, and but it is definitely also a con. This opens up a whole portal of catfishing, um, you know, tracking locations, which leads into like maybe stalking, harassment, bullying, um, also can segue into cybercrime, theft, um, fraud, identity theft, like, it's a beautiful thing being able to connect with anyone from anywhere, but it also opens up such an incredibly dangerous chapter in the book of the internet because I've personally, I've been catfished before, um, whenever I was like a little bit younger and which is like crazy like why are you like why is someone my age catfishing me when we were like in fucking seventh sixth grade or something it's very scary because the internet has become such a open market for finding just about anything about someone there is basically no privacy um, if you have ever created any account on the internet, you can find out where people live. You can find out their home address, their phone number. There's like no safety regulations, really. You can have your Instagram account private, you can have your Twitter account private. Yes, that does help with privacy, but when you're when you're creating other accounts for online shopping um, websites and putting in your address and your name and your phone number, that all gets saved somewhere. And like there's data leaks and password leaks. Like there's always, something's always leaking on the internet and it might be my passwords that I've created, you know, however many moons ago that I still use. And they tell me every time you might want to change your password. It's been in like a data leak. And I say, okay, but no thanks. Uh, for just like social media stuff. But uh, I, uh, it's, there's just always something leaking on the internet. Uh, furthermore, stalking is a really big thing. Um, I know, I don't really feel like getting into this because it's such like a heavy topic, but it is one of the most harmful parts about the internet. 
is how easily it can be to stalk someone virtually and then it can get into like physically stalking them I mean like have you ever seen the show you I feel like that's you know obviously it's dramatized but like that's not too far off of things that happen in real life I feel like um you get viruses on your computers from the internet and you're downloading random shit because you want to download Taylor Swift's uh, unreleased music and you end up getting some kind of virus on your computer that tracks your every move and knows where you live and someone in another country is like watching you through your camera things like that I've also just kind of accepted it unfortunately not saying it's a good thing but I think it's just like yeah someone might be watching me through my camera right now on my computer but they might not be I don't really know um another terrible thing about the internet that is very harmful is the bias that's on the internet and the algorithm now as someone who has a degree in journalism I strongly encourage all of you to never believe anything on the internet unless you do some pretty heavy research um look at multiple sources and like just just don't trust the first thing you believe or the first thing you see about something about anything this doesn't even this doesn't even mean like this could just go for because here's the thing (laughs) here's the thing people could post whatever the fuck they want on the internet basically they can you know give it give or take and that leaves a lot of room for gullible people like I sometimes uh, to be persuaded. And let me tell you, people can people will just post random shit. Oh, uh, NASA just found a meteor uh, coming barreling towards Earth uh, projected to collide in 2024 and it's like you could people just like take a picture from google slap some text on top of it and like post it on something and it'll be like a meme page that posted it 99% of the time I'm gonna be like holy shit but then I'm not even gonna really think about it now if that's something that actually scares you then I would probably go on to nasa.gov or whatever and figure out what's going on with that if it's true or not but that's just a little example other things that you know are maybe a little bit more harmful to society as a whole can be information about um you know things things in the political world and the science world and the environmental world things can information can get extremely skewed that also brings me to a similar point the algorithm is catered to you so if you don't know what an algorithm is it's basically this online we'll just call it a person this online person that 
creates inform or kind of categorizes and organizes information based on your previous activity. So for example, I'll use my Instagram page. I have not seen a single picture from someone I went to high school with in a very long time on my Instagram feed because most of the things that I am looking at on my Instagram are Instagram reels of Taylor Swift and cats. And I don't know how to fix it I, I because it's like, okay, they get the fucking point. Like I, I, I understand, but like I also kind of want to see some other things on my Instagram feed. Now, another example could be on your Twitter page. The first thing that you see on your Twitter <clears throat> when you go onto the Explore page is a page called For You. Um, and this is based on things that you have liked, that you typically click on, that are also kind of popular, um, like popular topics. So typically, my first three my first top three things on my Twitter page typically have something to do with Taylor Swift, pop culture, um, maybe something political, but not as of recent, that kind of sway to my political views. I'm not getting, I'm not seeing, you know, the opposing uh, political party. That I'm not seeing their views on my Twitter because that's not, the algorithm knows that that's not what I believe in. And so it kind of takes away all their opinions and their point of views and their beliefs. And I'm just fed things that I like. Because why would we want to see things that we don't like on the internet? And the algorithm knows that. So they're just going to keep feeding me things that make me happy, things that I like, things that I, topics that I'm passionate about. And they know that. They have this little, they have a folder for each of us on things that we like and things that we don't like. So there's this little folder for me in the algorithm where it's like, okay, she likes A, B, C, D, and E and don't and doesn't like A, B, C, D, E, F. So, and the algorithm says, okay, well, let's hide basically everything uh, at surface level that she hates and let's make sure she sees all the stuff that she likes. If she wants to see the stuff that she hates, she could look at it. She could Google it. She could look it up in the search bar. But, you know, to make it an easy and enjoyable experience on Twitter, for example, we're just going to show her all of the things that she likes and that she agrees with because we want it to be an enjoyable experience. And this isn't me, like, this isn't a theoretical thing. I have, I have part of my degree is social media. So I learned the ins, the outs, and the, basically the strategy behind all of it. I know how it works. I know it's a thing. Um, and that can be incredibly harmful. Having your information skewed and portrayed in a way that like, that's the information you're seeing. So that's what's going on. Um, it is scary and it can be incredibly harmful for just society in general. If we're only seeing things that appeal to us, appeal to our beliefs and our interests, that can, I'd argue that has created an incredible divide, at least in the U.S. 
Um, I mean, because there was such huge talk about the 2020 uh, election about, um, you know, censorship. And uh, I think a lot of people didn't really understand what the First Amendment was um, and how community guidelines work and the difference between like the government censorship and private companies censoring things. But that's a different conversation. Um, Basically, you can only... Like, private companies like Instagram, Twitter, Meta, fucking Reddit, whatever, can delete your shit. And because when you first sign up, you basically sign away your rights. <laughs> because they're a private company and they can do whatever they want. Now, if the government is censoring your ship, you're censoring your shit. Uh, that could be an infringement. But there's also basically, like, little roles and, like, you know... There are things that are included in free speech and things that aren't included in free speech, like um, hate speech and uh, child pornography, things like that. Uh, unless you're on some kind of scientific or academic peer-reviewed journal article, your information is probably biased um, it, because it's incredibly hard to create unbiased content. Um, I have had so many courses where I have had discussions about um bias and um, a lot of my journalism classes were you know make sure you're just giving the information and not creating a bias and especially if you're like a reporter um but it's incredibly difficult there are a couple news outlets out there like npr that are pretty neutral in general that kind of just feed you the actual facts and no opinions but some could argue that there are still you know there's still a bias I think that's kind of all I had for that basically just in a nutshell another thing harmful about the internet is that the information is catered to you and you can be information can be hidden from you so just you know go on the internet and do research with caution because one of my you know the helpful things was being able to do your own research on things um it's just important even google has an algorithm whenever we did this in class whenever i search up um like covid and another guy searches up covid the first page is going to be different for everyone now if i think if you're on like a, a private browser that might be different because they can't track um cookies which are basically things that like track um your interests and whatnot that's why it's like every time you go on the on a page it's like do you accept all cookies and it's because it just like basically tracks your data (laughs) um which is so great so fun but yeah I always accept the cookies like yeah I'll take some cookies um and yeah that's that that's that point long-winded way of saying don't believe everything you see on the internet Next up is constant exposure to other people and their appearances. This kind of goes hand in hand with like, you know, the mental health conversation. Um, Influencers and expectations and it's all extremely harmful. I know for me personally, as of late, it's been pretty hard being on social media and... 
um, constantly comparing myself and I had to kind of do like a, a redo of who I'm following on Instagram to kind of unfollow people who are maybe a little too perfect, um, aren't, you know, showing their real self and um, their real bodies and, and whatnot. Uh, because constantly looking at people who always look perfect or always kind of posing and flexing their stomach and their muscles, it all seems real because that's how they look like all the time. But people, we've just become accustomed to like not seeing our real bodies on the internet because it's just not what it has been accepted in society. I want to go back to the time in Roman times where like little fat rolls were just absolutely worshipped. And I know that it was a, a matter of, you know, if you have rolls, that's why it's, it was always in statues. It's because it was a it was basically like a um, statement of wealth because you had enough money to buy enough food to get like that. Completely different now. But I want to get back to that. Can we get back to that and just like normalize, you know, having like some fat on you? Can we normalize that a little bit? Maybe? I don't know. Just a hot take. Having this constant exposure is just detrimental to people's mental health. And while I made the point earlier that the internet is great for seeing other people's um, ideas and the way they're dressing and then taking that and like maybe mimicking it or bouncing off of that and changing it up a little bit. Um, yes, helpful, great stuff. However, if you're like constantly seeing someone who in your mind you have set on this pedestal it's like you want to be them so bad but for whatever reason you're you just can't get there whether that be financially or newsflash you can't be like anybody else you're you babe that's it um similarly seeing uh everyone doing everything basically um and sharing things that they've bought and things that they're wearing has created almost an impressively harmful way of life in terms of consumerism the internet i would argue i'm gonna argue something okay i would argue that the internet is one of the leading factors of why there is so much environmental damages in terms of like consumerism and products and landfills. I would argue that it's basically the internet's fault for the massive landfills on this earth. Because, and hear me out, TikTok and Instagram have become a hub for finding what's hot, what's what's new, and Amazon, okay? Whole different conversation. Um like 
trends happen so quickly that it's like, oh my God, I saw this Stanley Cup. Everyone has these Stanley Cups. I want one. Everyone's saying that they're so good. Oh my God, I need one. Oh my God, they come in such cute colors. Oh my gosh, I love this. Alex Earl has them. Oh my God, so-and-so has them. Like, so it must be good because I've put her on this pedestal that just like makes her better than everyone. And I admire her. You can admire people, but you can also have your own morals and stances on things. Just a hot take. Um, so, yeah. I just... And don't even get me started on Shein and fast fashion. That's... We'll, we'll, we'll have an episode about that. It's just so easy to order anything at any time from anywhere. You could be in your toilet and place an order on Amazon for something that you don't really need. I think that, I mean, I have seen lately this, like, what's it called? De-influencing. Love that. Where people kind of talk about products that have been hyped and that you're likely to buy because it's trending and kind of being like, you want to know what? It's like, they weren't that great. Like, people who are just honest because they've fell for the trend and then they were like it didn't really hit that great and also um I saw a video recently on um how this one blush that was like a highlighter like a purple blush that ideally you're probably if you buy a whole purple blush that looks pretty on someone's skin tone you buy it and you're like okay yeah this is cool a month later you're like you never touch it again and this person was kind of explaining like okay do you have a purple eyeshadow and do you have a shimmery eyeshadow okay well you could just mix those two together and then use that and see if you like it and just kind of like instead of buying a whole new one you could just get a little creative with it that way you're not buying more products that you're just going to end up wasting and money that ends up going to waste so that's one of my recent uh, favorite trends going on is just de-influencing um, because it's so easy to just get sucked into it. You see someone using something and you're like, that's cool because brands have become so aware that we are suckers for branding. If something comes in a cute package, we are going to eat it up. And I am included in that we. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not like that I'm above everyone, and that I've never fell into a trend. My God, have I fallen into a trend. (laughs) My God. Um, But I'm trying to become more aware about it. And, you know, before I buy things, does, do I already have something that's similar to this? What, what can I use this for? Am I going to use this in a year from now? Will it last me a year from now? Things like that. So just beware about, you know, what you're buying, if it's actually worth it, or if you're just excited about it, because there is this instant gratification you get whenever you buy something, especially whenever it's trendy. And then it doesn't help that Amazon will deliver something to you in two days. So it's just like instant, instant, instant gratification. It's, it's awesome, but it's also can be extremely harmful for our poor little planet that is on its last leg. So just, you know, Rethink a couple things before you buy something on Shein or Amazon or whatever. Um, <clears throat> I also mentioned how um, 
these trends can kind of cap or it kind of like creates a separation between people who can't afford to keep up with these really, really fast trends and people who can't. Even though this still kind of happened like before internet where there were trends, but now that the trend cycle is like impossible to keep up with, it's kind of like, oh, you can spend $300 on an Amazon order to buy all of these new things that everyone's talking about on TikTok. Oh, okay, so you have kind of like this, like, oh, you have money, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I don't feel like digging into that because that's just like a whole other thing. But next, um, it also, the internet is harmful for our attention span. And I can say that with experience. Um, my I mean, my God, if you have listened to this episode thus far, you know how fucking distracted I get by a little fucking fly. And also, our need for speed has increased, like I was mentioning with Amazon deliveries and internet speed. Like, things need to be like, go, 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 go. I want it in an instant. I want it now. Because we're just always, we always need more. We need that gratification from placing an order and we need it now. Uh, Because there is something magical about getting a package. I won't lie. I love getting mail. I love it. I really do. But sometimes I have to wait like two weeks for a package. And that is, it hurts my heart. But it's just the reality of it. Like not everything can come the next day at my doorstep, Lily. Um, And for one of my last points it is my last point um you can see anything on the internet like anything have you heard of the dark web it's really really harmful at such a young age i was seeing things that i should not have seen till i was 20 when I was in third grade, I was seeing things that I should not have even known existed. Um, and that's no one's fault because it's not like, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, it wasn't even, I don't feel like getting into that story, but I was just, it's just so easy to see anything. Um, because there's so much content on the internet where it's really hard to regulate what's on there and what isn't especially whenever you dive into reddit and how things can kind of be hidden and the dark web like there I have been in a room with people in like middle school high school I think it was middle school when I think, I don't know what year it was, when Osama bin Laden was killed. I'm pretty sure I was in a room of people, I think it was mainly just guys around the phone, who were, I don't know if it was Osama bin Laden, but what I'm trying to get at is that they were watching a video of someone getting, like, beheaded, basically, or shot up or whatever. Like, now, trigger warning, like, school shootings people there are videos of that on the internet of it happening in real time like you can see anything now I feel like since 
I've been younger, it's kind of gotten maybe a little bit better in terms of like being able to restrict things like YouTube has a kids mode and even like TVs have kids modes and stuff like that. Um, And so it's definitely, I think, maybe gotten better, but I think it also could have gotten worse because now the internet is just like you can easily sneak past things like kids at such a young age have become incredibly competent in the tech world that it's like a little scary uh if they really put their mind to it they can see anything they want (sighs) which is extremely scary and like another reason i don't want to hug kids (laughs) so what do we think is the internet more harmful or helpful it's really hard to say but my initial reaction is going to say harmful because I, I do really think that society might be better without it for a lot of reasons in terms of mental health, in terms of consumerism. Uh, but all of those have, have another side to it. Um, you know, the internet has this giant community of normalizing mental health and having resources. And then another side to it is um, consumerism allows for the growth of the economy and um, you can advertise small businesses and things of that nature that you normally wouldn't find if we didn't have the internet. So I don't want to say what is what, but I definitely think that there are some pretty harmful things about the internet that kind of are sitting heavy with me that are making me lean towards that. But I don't want to say that's more harmful than it is helpful because there are a lot of really great things about the internet and social media. So I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you want to follow the pod on Instagram, it's at argue with the wall, but the with is a W. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, You could follow whatever you're listening on right now um, and rate it if if you really feel like it. And stay safe out there on the internet. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.